Hello, hello, you guys. Welcome back to the Your Intentional Life podcast. Today, we are going to do a highly requested episode on how I got into this whole world of woo, everything that I do in my business and in my life that is more woo. We're talking about how I got here from being raised Christian, from thinking this was all a little bit out there, from being a very logical-based personality type to kind of embracing this other side, other way of living. So we're going to talk about all of that. Today is going to be part one. Part two, we're going to talk about all the things that I do now. So I'm going to bring you into kind of my woo practices, what I do on a daily basis, on a weekly basis, on a monthly basis in both my business and my life. So let's dig in. Welcome to Your Intentional Life. I'm Brittany Bailey, and I am on a mission to build a seven-figure business without sacrificing the intentional life that I worked so hard to create. So far, I've been blessed to grow my business from the ground up, write for some amazing people, and work with some of the top marketing minds out there. But I am not done yet. Follow along as I take you behind the scenes in my business to talk about marketing, mindset, manifestation, and how intentional living plays into everything that I do. If you're anything like me, don't just let life happen to you. You're always curious, always learning, and always grabbing the reins. Service providers, coaches, course creators, and all kinds of intuitive entrepreneurs have a home here. So let's build your intentional life. Okay, so like I mentioned in the intro, I grew up Christian. I think I was in church when I was a couple weeks old. I don't know exactly how old I was, but I was in church really from the time that I was an infant up until really my second year in college, maybe even third. Uh, I was in church at least once a week. My mom, in uh, when I was younger, my mom taught Sunday school. My grandma taught Sunday school. Uh, my grandparents were very Baptist. It was pretty much my foundation in life. And it was just something that I was used to. And so if you know much about the Christianity religion, it's very, um, everything is based on God, the Trinity, God, or Father, Son, Holy Spirit, I think is the Trinity. Um, It's very much not woo. (laughs) It is not anything that I do today is not what I learned necessarily during that time period. So I was pretty straight laced in that I didn't I didn't believe necessarily meditation. I didn't um, I was a little scared of it, honestly. I was like kind of had this very almost fear-based mentality of anything else that wasn't Christianity, a skeptical uh, based. But at the same time, nothing about Christianity necessarily resonated with me either. It was like this thing that I knew and I knew it really well. Um, and I had done the like steps that I was supposed to do, but nothing about it was like, this is the thing for me. It just was what I knew and everything else was a little bit intimidating. Um, and I thought it could just like pull me down some really weird or bad paths. So I kind of just stayed in this place of like, this isn't the best for me, but I don't know what else is out there. And I also wasn't really on an active search for it at that point in my life. Um, so I went to 
college and I picked a Christian college because again, that's what I was kind of supposed to do. And so I picked a Christian college. Secular colleges were scary. It was where people had co-ed dorms. It was drinking parties. You know, there was a lot. It As I've pulled further and further out of religion, I see how religion is so fear-based. And so that I, I now can look back and see a lot of my decisions were made because of that. Um, so I picked a Christian college. I went through and I did the first year, um, which ended up being very expensive. And so I moved um, from that point into a state college and lived with some family friends. And I did that for the next couple of years. And then I went back. So at that point, I really had surrounded myself mostly with Christian people because I, I grew up in this tight knit homeschool community where everybody believed the same things. Everybody campaigned for the same things. And then I went to college where, yeah, there was people from different parts of the world and it wasn't as close-knit, but everybody, we had to go to chapel. We had like our punch cards. We had to go to chapel. We had to do these certain things. There was a dress code still. You know, it was very, we were still kind of in the bubble, right? Um, And it wasn't until I really went to this state school, and I know I've talked about this in another podcast where I was talking more just about my life story in general, but I went to this other state school and I started to get exposed to some people who had different ways of viewing the world. And some of their ways were really valid and interesting to me. They were talking about different belief systems that they had. They were talking about different worldviews, different experiences that they had growing up. And I started to kind of see that there's other ways of viewing the world and that they had merit and that what I had been brought up in was just very much a bubble. And it's not a knock on the way that I was brought up. It was just that it is what it is. And so at the, around that time, I started to kind of think about other things that might be possible. And keep in mind during all of this, I am very, very logical based. When I take the Myers-Briggs test, I am, I'm an INTJ, but I'm kind of right on the line of INTJ and INFJ. So I kind of always throw that caveat in there because I'm very close to the thinking and feeling line, but I do err on the thinking line. I am very logical based. I like to have sight. I like to see how things are going. I like to, um, I like to use my mind and have very tangible, um, results. And so as I was kind of exploring these other ways, other worldviews, other things, I also knew that I wanted to see what I was believing and I wanted to be able to reach out and grab these things. And so I was kind of in this period of flex where I didn't have a home in the religion that I was brought up in but I couldn't find anything out there that had enough merit to it that I could be like, yes, I, I see that. I feel that. Like where I could kind of grab onto it versus it just being this feeling because I didn't really trust the feeling. And so it wasn't until probably 2016, about four years ago, I was living by myself. I was um, working nine to five and I was about to start my business actually. And I was experiencing, I've had anxiety and panic attacks my whole life. My my first one, I remember I was around 13. So I've had this my whole life. And I tried up until that point, everything 
except for actually like yoga, meditation, that kind of thing. I tried distraction. I tried journaling. That was like the most woo I had ever gone was journaling. Um, And that was really it. I just, it was mostly distraction. And so I was, they were getting worse and it was just, I couldn't do anything else. So I decided to try yoga. And I remember even having this conversation and it, it's crazy to me that this was only four years ago, but I remember signing up for yoga and I was a fitness instructor before this, but I had never really done much yoga. So I signed up for yoga and I remember talking to my mom and being like, yeah, it's yoga, but it's not, don't worry, it's not anything super out there. It's literally just working out. And I remember like having to qualify and justify, not to her, it was to myself. I had to like qualify and justify that it wasn't like a crazy woo thing. It was just yoga. And so I went and I started doing some yoga and I started connecting with myself. And if you know anything kind of about universalism or the woo world or anything like that, it very much uh, leans on your higher self, what's called your higher self, which is your soul. It's the part of you that knows why you're here. It's your true self, your true consciousness. So in yoga, I started connecting with myself and it didn't have a lot to do with what I was doing, like the moves that I was doing or anything like that, it was really just setting aside time to work and be in my body and like actually experience what I was feeling. And so I started going to yoga more and more. And then I started doing things like the salt cave and I started doing um, some like sauna work and some, I just started doing a little more into like the biohacking type world. Um, And it was more and more, I could just feel, it almost was like a returning to self, but I had never been there in my memory. Um, I started to just feel myself again and really for the first time. And so I am doing this right along as I'm starting to start my business. And um, really right around the same time, I picked up some essential oils. So my mom had used essential oils when I was a kid, but it wasn't as much. It was kind of like for specific um, topical things or if you're going to get sick, like there's an immunity blend. Uh, But I started to use essential oils in more of a relaxation way or in more of a um, meditation way. And I was really, really cautious about meditation, but I had done like a couple five-minute ones, you know, here and there. And so I started to kind of like crack the door ever so slightly open into this world very much still adamant that I would only do things that I could ever see the results from. And so I started to do that more and more. And as I was starting my business, I noticed that the people I was drawn to following were all talking about some of the same things. They were talking about setting intentions. They were talking about affirmations. They were talking about meditation They were talking about the law of attraction, which I had never really heard before. And they were talking about these things over and over and over again. And I started to notice. I started to pay attention to the fact that I was seeing these same things in all of these people who I was trying to emulate in their professional life. I was seeing them talk about these other things in their personal life. And by this point, I had started to kind of suspend judgment and come into the situation thinking, I don't know anything. I'm starting from zero. Because I really was at that point, even though I had gone to college, 
I didn't learn how to build this kind of business in college. I just learned how to do schoolwork. So I came into this thing, I know nothing. And what I'm seeing is all of these people who have exactly what I want talking about the same things. And then I started to notice a theme where other people who were even more successful or different, successful in a different way than the people that I was looking at. Like if you look at um, Will Smith or if you look at um, Jim Carrey, all these different people, they were talking about some of the same stuff. They were, you know, Will Smith has that famous story about the check or is that, I think that's Jim Carrey. He has the famous story about the check. Yeah, it is because it's Dumb, Dumb and Dumber where he wrote himself the check and the date that he put the check on the check was when he booked Dumb, Dumb and Dumber. And so you start to hear like, okay, all these now celebrities are talking about the same things. And then I went and I was listening to some CEOs of these big companies like um, Spanx and all these other companies. I'm listening and they're all talking about the same thing. And so I started to understand that while I wasn't necessarily seeing these tangible things like I wanted in my personality type, I wanted to see these things, I kind of was in these other people, right? I started to see the actual direct fruits of what they were talking about. And so I started to um, really get more into the world of woo. I started to do some research on what the law of attraction is. I started to see what practices they were putting into place. I started to really just suspend judgment of it all and figure out how I could just experiment with it. And up until that point, I really had not taken that approach to it. I was like, if I'm going to try it, I'm going to try it and it's got to work. But around this point, and this was really the turning point for me, was when I decided to treat it as an experiment. When I decided to treat it as something that might work for me and it might not work. And that was okay. So I got into, and I used this story. I was doing an Insta story the other day. Um, when I was talking about essential oils, I went through this kind of worst case scenario story in my head. So if I buy these essential oils, they're like $20 for the bottle. I buy the essential oils and I run them. What's the worst thing that could happen? Um, they don't work, right? They don't work. I wasted 20 bucks. But on the flip side, I'm not burning a candle, which A, is a fire hazard. B, um, you have smoke in your house, whatever. You got to remember to put it out. Your cat might knock it over. My cat singed the whole bottom of his tail one time on a candle. Um, so I was like, you know, kind of worst case scenario, my house smells good. And I spent $20 on this nice smelling thing. And it did nothing for my mindset. It did nothing for my productivity best case scenario, it actually does help my productivity. And so that was an easy one for me too, because it was kind of this, like I had seen some studies on what scents do to our body, like that um, the way that we smell or what we smell is actually like scientifically proven to have an impact on our brain and our memories and all that. So that one was an easy place for me to start. But so I started to apply that whole mindset of what's the absolute worst that could happen to all of the things that I was trying in the woo world. So meditation, what's the worst that, that could happen? I sit here for five minutes 
and it helps me. I sit here for five minutes and it doesn't help me. I wasted five minutes. That's it, right? Um, yoga, um, all these different things. I started to say, what's the worst that could happen, right? And I started to really approach things with an experimental mindset and an open mindset. And like I was mentioning before with the Christianity, like coming from a Christianity background, that was new for me. And that was probably the most pivotal thing that I did that kind of switched me between these two worlds. Because from what I have experienced in the religious world, that's not really something that we're taught to do. I remember having questions. I remember being like, this isn't, this doesn't feel right. This isn't like what I feel to be true. I don't understand this. There's no logic in this. Like I would have all these kind of thoughts about Christianity and, you know, it was kind of like this narrative of, um, you know, this is it. Like, don't, don't ask really. Don't, don't question it. Um, you can question it, but you know, you're going to end up in the same place. Right. And so there was not an experimental mentality at all. It felt very closed minded. And please know, I'm not like knocking Christianity or any other religion. This was my experience with it. Um, in my experience on the other side, looking back in, I see where I was closed-minded. Now, if that was the intention of my Sunday school teachers or not, that's the experience that I had. It was very closed-minded, very fear-based of other things that could threaten um, the way that I viewed my religion or the way that I viewed God. It was like kind of an on-guard situation. So coming into this woo world where it was a little more open, let things in. If they if they work for you, great. If they don't, no problem. It was like there wasn't as many consequences or it wasn't a scary consequence. It was like you could just try it. There was a freedom there. You could just try it. And if it didn't work for you, that was fine. Whereas where I had come from, it was like you didn't try anything because you didn't want the devil in your head. You didn't want um, you know, there's these scary kind of consequences that could happen. So I started to do a lot more and I started to experiment with more meditation. I started to experiment with sage. And uh, every time that I sage on my Insta stories, so if you don't know, there's a, it's saging, it's kind of like a bundle of sage, white sage. People will put other things in it, but essentially you light it and it kind of, the flame goes out immediately and you, you have like a smudge of just smoke. And so you run sage um, throughout your space. You can kind of open cabinets, you can open closets, and you kind of run sage around your house. You open all your windows and it removes stale energy. It makes energy uh, flow again in your house. It um, kind of just cleanses your space. And it also can promote creativity, relaxation. Um, there's some other herbs that you can burn as well, but um, it's something that I started, I saw someone doing and I was like, I'm going to try it and see how it is, right? So up until this point, my husband, Tim, was not really on the woo train. He was like not really, he wasn't against it. He wasn't like, what are you doing? But he didn't necessarily see the point in all of that. And so um, we were having a conversation one day and it was, we got in some kind of argument and he ended up going to the gym. And so he walks out. And I was like, you know what? I think this is a good time to try saging, right? Because you sometimes you sage after like a disagreement or after some kind of heavy energy, you can sage to kind of remove it. So he goes to the gym, just the neighborhood gym, just for a little bit. 
and I saged the whole living room where we were having the conversation. And I'll never forget this day because it was so, it was like a pivotal moment in our relationship too, where he started to see. So he came back and he was untying his shoes and he stops in his tracks. I'm done staging. He stops in his tracks and he goes, wow, it just feels really light and chill in here. And to someone who is always seeking proof, it was like music to my ears because he had no idea that I saged. And I was like just ecstatic. I was like, oh my gosh, I saged. Ha, this is amazing. And it was one of those times where I was like, this is the, there's no way that that could have been a placebo effect, right? He didn't know that I was saging. He couldn't smell it. It doesn't really have that much of a scent. Um, And so I started to just get more and more validation as I moved on in my woo journey. I started to practice manifestation. I started to understand the science behind it. And again, for someone who is my personality type, that was really, really important for me. I'm going to do a podcast episode on the 12 different laws of the universe, but a lot of them are very scientific based. And so if you look at like the law of attraction, which very simply is that like energy attracts like energy, it makes sense on a logical and scientific level. And it also makes sense in everything else. Like if you look like everything around us is an energy. If you zoom in far enough, everything is vibrating at a certain frequency. It's an energy. It makes 100% sense that energy is going to be attracted to energy that's the same. So if you are vibrating at the frequency of money, of success, of happiness, you are going to see money, success, and happiness. It's almost like if you go into a room, there are going to be people who group together who have similar frequencies, right? People who are having really good conversations about something like this. People who are um, wanting to talk about something else. People who are not a fan of what's going on at the event and wanting to leave kind of in like a more down state, they're all going to be grouped together, right? Like attracts like in every single situation. And so I started to really understand the whole universalism as a whole. I started to understand how these 12 laws actually played in the quantum field, how they actually worked on both the scientific level and the level that I was experiencing them. And it all started to actually make sense to me. Up until that point, I was still in the experimental phase. Even though I felt like I had had these wins, like with the sage and certain things like that, I had never been able to confidently be like, this is the way the universe works. I am positive of it. And really up until the time that I really started to understand what universalism is, what these laws are, what we're, what game we're all playing by being in this world. I hadn't quite figured that out. And once I did, it was like game over for me. And that's really where I am today. This is a relatively recent development. I would say in like the last year or so, I've really started to look into these different laws, look into how they play into my business, in my life, all of these different things. I've started to now experiment more with crystals. If you follow me on Instagram, I have a whole crystal um, collection on my desk and all these different things. So I started to really like go all in 
on these woo practices because they have worked for me again and again and again. And this personality type that I have has finally been, has finally accepted that this is the way that the world works. And I has enough proof, I guess is the right way to say it. That my INTJ personality has enough proof that this is the way that the world works. And I will say one thing before I sign off. One of the biggest blocks for me as I was kind of coming into this whole space was when I saw the universalism and I saw this kind of um, woo space from the outside, the logical side of me was like, how is that accurate? Because I would see and hear that people saying like, oh, it's whatever feels right, whatever you want to call it, God, angel, the universe, the source, whatever spirit, whatever you want to call it. And I was like, how is that true? Because it's so, like all of those things are different to me from the outside. And what I've come to understand, hopefully this is helpful for you if you find yourself in that place, what I've come to understand now is the reason that it's presented that way is because we are actually all referring to the same thing using different language. So for me, when I say source and spirit, I typically don't say God. Um, That is something that I still relate with Christianity. I believe that Christianity has, has personified a deity, and I don't have a deity-based view of the world. Um, and so I know a lot of people who are in this space who say God, and they're just referring to source as God. Like, they just like resonate with that word. And so I don't necessarily do that, but I say source or spirit. But what I've understood now being in this space is that even when universe people in this space are saying God, they're not referring to the God that a religion has personified. They're referring to source and they're just calling it God. So it's not that all of these different things are true. They can all be true at once. It's just that one thing is true and they're referring to it in different ways. And the way that they are why they're doing that is because they're that's what their soul connects with and they also want other people to be able to resonate with it. So when I heard somebody talking about source and spirit from a place of Christianity, I could get there because it wasn't the same word that I had been using for the last 22 years to refer to this other deity. I could get to that place because they were talking about it in that language. Um, so I think that that's why a lot of people kind of refer to it in these different ways. It's what their soul resonates, but also they're giving people the option to connect with whatever word works for them so that they can get a foot in the door and then understand what it's all about. So I know that that was a big deal for me as I was looking at, I'm like, these, all of these different things can't be true, but it's not all different things. It's just different ways of referring to the same thing. Hopefully that's helpful. That's really where I am today. So that's it's been about four years since the first time that I really even heard of this, since I signed up for a yoga class, um, since I kind of started down this whole path of woo. I, do, I never know what to call it exactly, but since I started down this path of really it's been self-exploration for me. Um, and it feels like I am connecting back to my truest self and my highest self. And it feels like I understand the world 
in a way that I never have before. And so um, I know now in my truth-seeking and my logic-seeking personality type (laughs) that this is the way that the world works, and I'm confident in that. And I would love to talk about it more. If you have questions, if you want me to answer something on the podcast, please let me know at Brittany Bailey on Instagram is the best way to reach me. I'm going to record a part two, and I will tell you about the different woo type things that I do in my business and my life. And maybe we'll even just do a part three and we'll talk about the 12 different laws of the universe so that um, you can kind of start to see the framework in which I view the world. And maybe if you are a more logic-based person, you can kind of understand that it's not just these, um, it's not just a feel-good type thing. There are actually some of these rules that come into play that are the foundation of this whole, um, I don't know what religion, movement, (laughs) Uh, this whole world, this whole world. So that's what I have for you. Hopefully this is helpful. I love you guys and we'll talk soon. How would you like to learn the skill I used to go from burned out service provider to in control business owner? In email copy school, I'll teach you how to master both the science and the art of this in demand skill so you can serve your clients better, get more consistent work and charge premium prices. Join us now at emailcopyschool.com. And remember, early bird bonuses are only around for a short time. So be sure to head over to emailcopyschool.com to secure your spot now.